The cab is so small. What are the odds we get you to do a big roller at the end? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah? Hell yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what got you into what you do and what it is that you do? Hmm. Well, <laughs> how long did you say this was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, I guess what really got me into doing raps, I mean, opening a business, I guess, mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, um, I feel like I've always wanted to. Um, and then I moved out west because I wanted to do heavy equipment, um, start my own like, kind of like landscape stuff. Um, so I wanted to move out west, get a lot of experience, make bank for like a year or two, and then come back and do that. Um, and then I met a girl, and she had a little kid, and then it's, you know, relationship stuff, and then three years, four years later, um, and you're still there, and you're not really doing what you set out to do. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, I was really focused on money going out there, very, very money-focused. Um, and so when I moved back, it was... It was a weird transition, I guess, um, because the last year, last two years probably that I was at West, um, I started getting really depressed, um, hating my job, even though I was making a lot of money. Uh, it wasn't what I wanted in life. Um, so then I made a shift to doing something that I wanted to do, uh, what I wanted to enjoy and, you know, be passionate about. I actually started listening to Gary Vee. Okay. Yeah, of course. Like, everybody knows. Yeah. We're in content, right? No, yeah. No, we're, we're not cutting this into enough shorts. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Content content, like 50, mm -hmm. what is it? 15 pieces a day or something? I don't know, bro. I think it's 5 million pieces a day. Really? Yeah. If you're not doing 5 million pieces a day, you're, oh, yeah. you might as well just you're not, close you're not shop. Yeah. Sorry, shut her down. No, I like Gary. Yeah. yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's, uh, he's pretty incredible. And literally watching him for the last two years that I was out West mm. changed my life forever. Um, as like as cheesy as that sounds, mm. but, uh, yeah, so I was really chasing money as opposed to being happy and doing something that I liked and letting the money follow me. Um, it, it, it sounds made up when mm. you hear it and then you start doing it and you're like, Oh shit, like this is, is actually true, yeah. you know? Um, and so, yeah, so I started searching for something that I would enjoy. Um, I started watching lots of rap videos and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and then I looked online one day when I was really unhappy uh, for a job and a local sign shop was looking for an installer. And mm. I was like, shit, I'm going to apply to that. Uh, zero experience. And they messaged me back. It was literally like $20 an hour less than what I was making. So that was super nerve wracking. Uh, but yeah, so I ended up getting the job mm. based on my personality, based on who I was. They, they kind of really saw you know, a future with me. Yeah. Um, and it really took off. So it was really good. Did that for a year or whatever and mm -hmm. ended up breaking up with, uh, with the girlfriend at the time. Um, and I was like, this is my opportunity to move back home, uh, be close to my parents because they're a big part of my life. And so, yeah, so I did all that and, and left that place, which was by far the best place I've ever worked in my life. Mm -hmm. um, so shout out to uh, Jen and Dave at, uh, at West. Uh, nice. They're absolutely amazing. She's actually uh, my business coach now. Oh, okay, um, cool. We talked you know, here and there. And mm. Dave, he's been a huge mentor in my life. Uh, and then, yeah, so I moved back and I was like, all right, it's time to, uh, to do this. Mm. And the Sunday before the Monday that I was supposed to sign the lease to the building to start the business, um, I got on my motorcycle accident on the 417. 
So that put me out of commission. For how, how bad was the accident? It was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I was probably insurance wise. I was going very slow and slipped <laughs> on the gravel sure. and, uh, you know, flew 140 feet into a field. Yeah. That so, always happens when you do right. like 60 kilometers exactly. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not ideal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I was pretty messed up from that. It was pretty bad. And is your hands, right? Do you, you fuck up uh, yeah, your hands so or this, your hands are hand here. Um, yeah, so I had to plate screws. Yeah. Really. My neck and my back were really bad. Yeah. Um, Probably not ideal as doing in the in the type of work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at that point, uh, when I got hurt, I actually met my girlfriend at the, my current time, uh, mm-hmm. Claire. She, uh, I met her, and as soon as we started dating, uh, I was obviously still injured, very fresh, and she absolutely helped me through everything. So like one thing um, I guess to any business owner or Mm. entrepreneur is to either stay single because it's not ideal or find somebody that literally has your back. And I feel like that's really hard to find because a lot of them will be like, yeah, I love entrepreneurship. I love like a guy that hustles. And then they see the lifestyle and they're like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) This is like, this is ridiculous. Like you need to be home more, you know? Yeah. Um, so finding her during that time was was huge because mm-hmm. yeah, I, liter- I literally couldn't, like if I sat down and I wanted to like move my head, it would be like a five minute thing. Brutal. If we wanted to cuddle, it was like, okay, like I'm going down here. I like take a break. I go to pass out. Instantly. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's so, insane. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was really cool for her to, to do that. Yeah. That is rare because a lot of people, I think the same thing, like, um, there's like a lot of like young kids that are like real well, young kids, like in their t- early twenties that are like focused on, you know, finding a relationship and whatever. And like, it is cliche, but you should really just focus on yourself until you get to that point where you built something, some kind of value. Um, but if you can find somebody, which is very rare because like you mentioned, like most people, most people are not, it sounds great. Like it sounds like it's like this fairy tale thing of, Oh yeah. Like we, you know, has a business and right. we get to do whatever. And even if, even if that business affords you a uh, certain material or like luxury items, you're kind of at that place for the reason that you've invested 24 seven of exactly. your time. And if you aren't doing that currently, you have in the past, I don't know a single first gen business owner that hasn't given their entire life to what they right. do. Right. So that's pretty cool of what you guys, Yeah, and you've told me some stories in the past, like, um, we'll probably get into that as you go, but so anyways, you, you got in the accident, yeah. you're about to sign the yeah. lease. What happens from there? Um, yeah, then I just recovered mm-hmm. and, uh, I started doing third party work for another local business while I'm recovering. Um, I would say probably 80% of those installs cleared in. So mm. she learned how to wrap, how to put signs up, Damn. how to put everything within like months. That's crazy. Uh, it's, it's huge, man. So, um, that, that was a big one. And then. Yeah, so then starting, I guess, fast forward to like, all right, I'm going to do this. My wrist is kind of better. My dizziness um, is getting a little bit better. It's time. Uh, then I look for a building. Here's one. Um, I guess the, the biggest thing also that I, I feel like a lot of people don't realize is, I don't know, I guess how hard starting a business is. I like told my dad, my dad, by the way, um, I feel like a lot of people are afraid to admit like mm. where they get their money from. Mm. My dad literally funded my whole first year. Like Amazing. he was my bank because yeah. getting a loan anywhere, getting money, getting funding, yeah. anything like that is 
absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, yeah, he like that whole first year it was, and I hate, absolutely hate asking anybody for money, yeah. especially my dad. <laughs> and so every like, you know, two, three days I'd be like, Hey, uh, I need like 200 bucks. So I got to order material for this wrap or whatever. Um, he's like, all right, cool. Here you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. but in my mind, I'm like, fuck, like, mm-hmm. man, this sucks so bad. So it's, it's even more, um, reason, more like motivation to like get out of your parents' pocket essentially. Yeah. Um, and not that they're like wealthy or anything like this was probably his life savings for me to like inherit yeah. when he passes away and here I am dipping into everything. And so like, you know, I'd rather use it while he's alive and watch, allow him to watch me, you know, succeed and, and do these fun things. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it was just, it was just a how, really, how was the process of like getting a building? Like, what does that look like? Like, so you're still like, I think a lot of people don't may or may not realize like you're still working. You're still trying to like put food on the table and like, you know, pay your bills, yeah. but on the side, what you're looking for a building, you're going and checking out spaces. Like, what does that process look like? Cause a lot of people that may or may not be starting a business will at some point go through that. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the hardest thing for me was moving from Alberta, not having a job lined up cause I'm going to start a business, mm. riding my bike around for, you know, a couple of weeks getting in the accident and now I can't work mm. to starting a business yeah. was the most unideal situation any entrepreneur could be in. I feel like it's it, like everything was stacked against me in a way. Um, but it was even more motivation to do that. So, um, while I was, you know, riding my bike and stuff, I'd go look at places, always be searching and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really hard process finding a building, finding something that's going to fit. That's not too big. That's not too small. Uh, affordable so that you can kind of, you know, pay the bills when you're not bringing any money. So it, it's a huge, I feel like for a lot of people, they, when you have like a plan B, when you have a full-time job or a really gravy job and you're like, all right, I can kind of be an entrepreneur, like a part-time entrepreneurship is like, you're going to fail. Like it's, it's a yeah. bad idea. Uh, you're either like all in and you have no plan B, you have no out, you have nothing. Like this is your life. Yeah. You still might fail, but you're going to put everything in. Like you can go to sleep at night and be like, I did absolutely everything I could. Um, but yeah, I guess back to your point, like finding a building is, is not easy um, because once they're up, they're gone uh, or they don't even hit the market and they're gone. Um, was it hard finding a, a building that fit your nature of work? Like, cause obviously, um, you probably need like a bay door, like ground level. Like there's probably tons of second floor space. Yeah, That's yeah. a great rate. Um, what was like this area like for that? Was it easy to find one at the time where there was there options or did you have to wait a while to even find something that would fit? I just searched for like a, a good little while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there wasn't much. And actually the building that I have now, um, is, He's a very successful entrepreneur now. So he essentially has these nice little places that aren't, you know, the nicest, but for entrepreneurs, like he believes in entrepreneurship and like giving people a hand and stuff like that. So he was super helpful as well. Cool. Um, But yeah, finding that place was, I don't know, for me, not that hard, I guess. It was just, I need a bay. It needs to be this. I need to have room for my plotter, my equipment, material, um, and, and that's it. So. I guess it can be hard. Yeah. But cool. Yeah. It's like perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. It's either it's going to work or it's not going to work. So, yeah. I mean, I, initially before the building, I was going to do it at a friend's house in a garage. 
and Dave, my mentor, he, uh, he was like, listen, man, I'm, I remember the conversation super well. I was at my dad's. Um, he lives on the water. I was on the dock. It was probably like five in the morning here. So like probably three in the morning in Alberta. Um, and he called me up and he's like, listen, man, you do not want to go to friend's place because you're not going to be committed. Like it, it'll be like, you're, you're not busy. I'm just going to go fishing today. I'm going to take off there. You're going to have no reason to like stick around again, like that plan B thing. Yeah. Um, so he's like, you need a brick and mortar. It's going to be hard. It's going to suck. But every day that you leave, you're going to have that key. You're going to turn around and be like, holy shit, like this is mine. Like I'm, I'm, this is, it's doing something. Um, and the other advice he gave me was, um, if you ever, if you ever get to a position in your business that everything's paid off and you're losing motivation, mm-hmm. go buy a house, go buy a Lambo, go buy yeah. this, go buy, get another payment yeah. to make you fucking hustle again. Yeah. Because like, that's, that's what motivated in the first place. Yeah. I need something. I need yeah. something. There's a ton of value in that. I think, I think I agree with that. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. For me, um, a story about my twenties with that. I did that thing, except I kind of over leveraged myself because I didn't understand that you actually, I, I was very new. I was very green to the entrepreneurial journey. And, uh, so I went maybe a little too hard on that and over leveraged myself <laughs> at times. Um, whereas then the philosophy totally shifted for James, um, because we've done everything at this point, the opposite of that, which was completely debt free. So we don't have any payments on anything right. personal or in the business, yeah. which is like crazy Unreal. for me to think about yeah. based on how fucking brutal it was back in like yeah. my mid twenties. Um, but that is really good advice. And I think a lot of people resonate with that because if they don't have something to like, you know, a lot of people need motivation. Like right. a lot of people don't really wake up just like fired up and, yeah. you know, like just ambitious for the sake of ambition. Yeah. So that's a really good advice. Yeah. I mean, whether, whether, yeah, like it's a car payment, a house, mm-hmm. family, a kid, anything like that. Like you need your motivation in life. It could be personal too. Like yeah. mine is, is most definitely personal. Um, but it's also like, I want to set my family up so they don't have to, you know, worry. Mm-hmm. I want to set my girlfriend up in case I do get in a motorcycle accident and don't make it through it. I want them to like not have to worry about shit, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it compounds too. Like as you start to get those things, there's a lot of value in like luxuries in life. And that a luxury could be the building that you're working in right. or the way you call your office or your, exactly. your home base. And uh, I think there's a lot of value in like seeing that compounding nature of like, holy shit, this is what's possible. Okay, what can I do next? Exactly. So once you have like a couple small wins and yeah. those things are like those small wins, it just like stacks on itself 100%. and then you create like this awesome momentum that yeah. then you can't stop because then it just becomes fun, right? It's so. funny because I remember when you came to the shop, like one of the first couple of times we like met and started like talking and stuff and you showed up, um, was it with the R8? It might have been the R8 or the M6. Was it the R8? I feel like it was... Oh yeah, maybe it was maybe it was M six. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, like what's next? And you're like, oh like I'd really like an RA like sometime in the That's next, what like, it was. The M six. Yeah. Yeah. I showed up in the R <laughs> in the M six and I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love like an RA. Next R8 next R8. year, next two years, like R six. That's our goal. Yeah. And then like a month later, shows up in the R eight. I'm like, what the fuck, man? And then I'm like, all right, so what's next? I don't know, man. Like I think probably in the next like two, three, maybe five years, I don't know, like a Lambo or something. Like next couple months shows up in a Lambo. I'm like, what the fuck? And like, that's what you said. You're like, you're, you're constantly chasing this, like kind of like this high of like, all right, what, like this, I never thought that this was possible. Yeah. What do I do now? Like when I first started, it was like my first newer civic. 
in the shop that I'm touching and I'm like, I'm, I'm tinting or something. I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy, man. Like, I, I can't believe I'm tinting someone's new Civic. Yeah. And then we get our first Tesla. I absolutely love Teslas. We get our first Tesla. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I've made it. This is unreal. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, first Ferrari, first Lambo, first R8, mm-hmm. uh, brand new Corvettes we're working on. It's like absolutely like mind blowing the opportunity. And like, yeah, like now what? I know an installer in uh, in Vancouver, super awesome guy, young like us, and uh, he has a, like a, a deal with the McLaren um, dealerships. So oh, all sad. he works on all day is McLarens, like all day. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm doing McLaren, whatever." And I'm like, "Bro, are you kidding me?" It's crazy how fast it becomes. You become like acclimated yeah. to something, exactly. And like, yeah, it's absolutely nuts. Like. Um, yeah, like the Lambo thing. Like that was my, I waited like 34 years basically to get yeah. that car. Well, since I was 18. So do the math. I don't know. I'm <laughs> doing the math on it. But, um, and then you get it and then it's like two weeks. And then literally Jake and I are sitting there going like, okay, what's oh, next? Wow. Not because you're like dissatisfied, but because yeah. like, and that's like, I think there's a huge lesson in there that if, if that, it is the most cliche thing in the world. But if you are just doing it for the sake of doing that thing, right. like just the material thing, yeah. you will get that thing you probably will achieve it, which is awesome. Like yeah. kudos to you, but you, that is not going to be fulfilling for you. It might exactly. be, for, it might, it'll make you happy for sure. Like yeah. I do believe money buys happiness. I've been super poor in my life and I've had some money in my life. I will choose having money every day of the week 100%. over being poor. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to fulfill you over time. And so I think like finding that thing, even if it's the process or whatever it is, you have to fall in love with the process and you also have to like find something that fulfills you. Exactly. And I think you can like learn and modify what those things are. But, um, but yeah, so anyways, you're in the shop and you've signed the lease. Yeah. Uh, what did you all, was it just automotive at the start? Cause you guys do like a bit of stuff now, like kind of across the board. What's that process look like in year one? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's definitely like, I guess, hence the name Rapture. Um, it was very rap related. Um, at the last job, it was very commercial based. So it was like signs, commercial wraps, things like that. And I really wanted to hit a market where I was working on Lambos. And the only way I saw that possible, like nobody's going to get a commercial wrap on a Lambo, uh, was to do color change. Uh, turns out color change wraps are not very profitable. Uh, so it's more of a passion. You know, I enjoy doing it. I love the outcome. It's super fun. You get to work on nice cars. Uh, but as a business, I quickly realized that like, probably not achievable to keep doing this uh so then, then we started introducing commercial wraps signs um paint protection films ceramic coating window tint all of those things were really like the bread and butter of, of a business uh now we've recently gone into a lot of flat glass so like uh, commercial and residential window film uh, so basically tinting your windows for your home and that and paint protection film is definitely our main focus now. Uh, and then we start working down the line after that to, you know, window tint for cars, wrap, color change wraps is mm. literally the last on the list now. <laughs> it's like someone calls in for a quote for a wrap and we're like, yeah. I'm super pumped. <laughs> and like, I, I'm not saying no, yeah. but like, damn. That's, that's just not your high exactly, stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's, Really, like, I have zero business experience. Mm. Didn't go to school for business. Had no idea how to run a business. Absolutely nothing. And so to go into the business, telling my dad, being like, all right, so this is my business plan. Mm. I've got a tool belt. Yep. 
they're going to pay me 50% for wrap material. So that's how I'm going to buy the material. And then they're going to pay me after I'm done the project, that's going to pay the bills. Hmm. And then realizing that like, oh, I have to pay tax. I have to do this. I have to pay heat. I got to pay the hydro. I got to pay WSIB. I got to hire people. Hmm. Like it quickly turns from like, this is so easy. Why doesn't everybody do this to, oh, now I see why not everybody does this or yeah. so many businesses fail. Yeah. Um, so realizing that was like huge and uh, it's, it's been a really hard lesson. Hmm. A lot of scary times. Yeah. Um, I mean, still like there's times where I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So it, but again, that's, that's that motivator on like, okay, well, what else am I going to do? Am I going to go work for somebody else and do this? Sure. Or am I going to keep fucking going? Yeah. Bro, this thing is dope as hell. Yeah, look at this shit. Can't even finger that thing. Yeah, bro, look at this, Dylan. Check out the patina on this. Is this actually how you draw? No. Bro, this is nasty. And then it's like quick, quick shift, and you're like, all right, let's go. Is it hard, like being like Kingston's a small town? Do you think you would have more like? With the car market, for example, like specifically, um, is there like, do you think that would be different if you were in a bigger city? Like you could serve it. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like every time. So I, the crazy part about my industry is, is the, the things I've achieved and the, the, the things that I've been able to do mm. are things that I never thought this industry would offer. So like I've been to uh, Amelia Island on a resort to do a tint battle. Um, so I went to compete. So what's a tint battle? So a tint battle is, is a bunch of teams, a bunch of people coming in one place um, and we tint a car. So there's rules. There's, okay, like there can only be so much contamination. Um, you have 10 minutes to tint this window. Everybody gets the same window and you just work down the line. And uh, so the one that I went to in Amelia Island uh, was a team battle. So um, Expel, the brand that we carry, the one rep, his name's Dean Mitchell out of Montreal. He's the rep for the U.S., which is kind of weird. But um, we became Team Canada because we're mm. basically the only Canadians in our industry that actually go to any sort of events like this. Crazy. Absolutely unreal. Is this a, like, is it a newer industry? Like, or is this, like, how old is, like, this, like, area, realm of... The industry, like yeah. obviously, like like graphics and stuff's been around since printers yeah. have been around. 100%. But like in terms of like vehicle mods and that type of the side of the business, is it newer? Like how how old is that? I, I feel like even wrapping vehicles. So Dave, my mentor, he was wrapping cars with calendar film, which is like mind blowing. It's it's so sticky. There's no like air release. There's no technology into it. it okay, it, it's a nightmare. Mm. Uh, and he was tending doing that like. 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Okay. Um, so when you know how to do that, like, you know, you're, you're like a next level kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely not new. Um, it's just in the U S specifically. Um, and I would say within the last two, three years, um, it really blew up because I wouldn't say just because, but there's an app called Tinwiz, um, which we use for the last three years. Yeah. And they are, uh, he, Eric, um, and his team are extremely driven to bring people together and make a very positive environment for the community. Um, and so 
with his support and a lot of other people coming together, it, br- it just brought a lot of like-minded people together, uh, which made it more enjoyable to attend these things. Uh, so the events are new, I would say. Um, there's one WFCT, which I w- was my first event. It was in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Um, so Tint Wiz actually flew me out to compete for Team Tint Wiz uh, to Texas, paid for my flight, paid for my hotel, paid for everything there, um, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, and so WFCT is, is the window film conference in Tint Off, and it's been around for many years. Hmm. Um, and it's very uh, corporate-y. I would okay. say. Yeah. Um, so then Tin Wiz started making their own events um, and other people have their own events as well. And they're more fun. They're more interactive, family oriented, gotcha. all those kind of things, like on the resort. Cool. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. What's the, what's your least favorite thing about your industry? Uh, hmm. That's a hard one, man. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. You just really love all of it. It's all good. Honestly, like it, <laughs> the the industry is so laid back. Like mm. when I worked at that sign shop in Alberta, I, I learned so much, not about only business, um, enjoying life, all those things. But the biggest thing when I first started, I had a bunch of stomach issues and I was very open the first day with that. And they're like, listen, if you need a day off, two days off, whatever, your health is your main focus. Um, and we're not curing cancer here. So if someone is mad that they're not getting their sign on time, they have bigger issues in life Mm. because like if you're worried about a sticker, like you need (laughs) to chill out. Right. Um, And so that's kind of the same concept that I've, I've carried on because I I truly believe in it. Mm. Um, You know, we obviously we try to hit deadlines and everything like that, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, same as you, like, yes, we're, we're trying to hit deadlines. Yes. We have products to get out and expectations, but at the end of the day, if you don't get a commercial out or you don't get a reel out or something, mm-hmm. it sucks, mm. but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Right. Our clients wouldn't agree. But. <laughs> same. Same. <laughs> but uh, they definitely feel like they're curing cancer sometimes. Yeah. No doubt. No <laughs> yeah. doubt. But yeah, so I, I mean, I guess I don't really have a, a least favorite part. Gotcha. It's all, it's all good. Cool. What's, uh, what would be your advice to somebody that's like wanting to get into this space um, in the kind of like, ownership part of it not just like becoming part of the industry but like if someone was looking to open a a wrap shop what would you what would you tell them what would be your best advice um don't do color change wraps Mm, nice (laughs) so okay so that's actually an interesting point because i approached media a very kind of similar way obviously i love shooting like bands and i love doing like fashion content right um, which is like pretty, it's sexy, it's cool, everybody loves it. So I'd be like color changes, like taking a right. Lambo, making it pink instead of black, whatever. Um, but what I realized is everyone's competing for those jobs in our industry, yeah. like the, the fashion fitness stuff or the bands, right. and they pay like absolute shit. You've got 14 different creators that are bidding on a $200 job yeah. that literally destroy the market you just fuck the market and they're just getting oh i got clout because i worked with x it's like no uh, no i don't nobody cares and so what my whole approach to james was very much similar to that in the sense that i was like i don't want to take any sexy jobs i'm going to take at the start like our beginnings was i will take every shitty job that no creative wants I'll put a creative twist on it. It'll instantly stand out above the market because they're used to dealing with just the worst of the worst, like exactly. newscaster style shooting. And, um, and they all have sick budgets. 
So I'll take the manufacturing shop. We'll take the the school board organization. We'll do the hospital job um, that has, you know, a hundred X budget to these guys that are competing for the new cafe or the new fashion thing or whatever. And, um, and then we can do those passion projects if we want to. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting. It's a different, different approach. And I think a lot of people just get consumed with the, like the, the sexy part of it. And then, you know, in our industry, there's like the starving artist thing. Right. So it's like everybody's like, oh, you're in video. Like it's like kind of that starving artist. Or if you're a musician, it's like starving artist. I know a lot of musicians that will never see a stage, but they write for labels and they make fucking seven figures plus right. every year. Yeah. Like, but you'll you don't know who they are because exactly. they're taking all the non sexy jobs. Yeah. So I, I feel like a lot of people too have to they, they have to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So like you're 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 doing those jobs for dirt cheap, mm-hmm. sometimes for free, just to get the clout just to try to make a name for yourself, not realizing that it's probably hurting you mm. um, in the end, right? Like you're, you're now price driven, which yeah. is like not a good business motto. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, hundred percent agree. Yeah. And there, and th- that being said, there might be a few people out there that are like, you know, I don't care how much money I make. I just, I would be totally fine making basically minimum wage doing what I love to do, which is really cool. Unfortunately, that's an outlier. And a lot of people wonder why they're like struggling. And it's like, well, you haven't really identified like your market <laughs> or like you haven't identified where the money flow is in your market. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It, you kind of got to figure it out along the way that's and right. try everything. Like I'm probably like you, how many free jobs have you done? Like a ton, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you have to because you build it's the your, way it is. You build your skill and, set. And early. I feel like the, the same thing goes for my business was built on crumbs. So mm. people coming in and being like, "Hey, like, can you make this two dollar sticker?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like, it takes me an hour, but like, sure, I need to make money somehow." Um, and still being humble enough to know where you came from, and I still accept that. Like, I'm talking about color change wraps, and they're like the last on our list. But we don't filter list like I don't I don't have like five people calling and be like okay this one's gonna make me more money and this one's not if you're coming in order and I can get you in this day I will do a color change wrap for you so I'm, I'm not filtering things I just know that realistically I would like people to know us more for the more profitable jobs mm-hmm. um, but people come in like we just got some like Queens mugs and it's like you know ten dollars a mug and it took Caitlin like you know an hour to like weed them all and like pick out the little letters and everything and put it on and like I'm like damn man I just paid her how much to do this and the mugs are this like it's, it's not making me any money but I love doing it and you know somebody else is happy and that's what got me to where I am working on a Lambo working on this yeah is those little fucking stickers. Yeah. So, and you never know too, right? Like that, that job might be like that small job right now. And a year later might be like, Hey man, we sent some mugs to you last year. Can you do like the new banners for the whole football stadium? Like you tell tell me a cool story about that. Cool story about opportunities. Um, the snap on dealer, I don't buy snap on tools. I Mm. can't afford that shit. Um, but he's always in our, our area uh, of bays. And he came in one day and he's like, Hey man, um, I got like maybe like a project for you. There's, there's this garage like out by Smith Falls. So like an hour, 20 minutes away from your business. Um, I sold a snap on toolbox to this young guy and he hates the chrome on like the lips, like two inch piece of chrome about like 24 inches long on his whole toolbox. Toolbox probably worth like 20, 30 grand. Um, and he wants something more young, hip, whatever, not chrome. Can you just wrap the ledges on him? Yeah, of course. Here's the 
you know, samples, tell them to pick a color, tell me, and I'll go out and install it. Mm. My mom lives probably about like a half hour from there. So I'm like, cool, we're gonna boot on a Friday. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna do this install. Opportunity, you never know what happens. Mm. I go out there, I install these one inch strips on this guy's toolbox, mechanic bay out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I hit it off with all the mechanics. We're all shooting the shit, good times. And the owner comes over and he's like, hey, he's like, did you see all the cars next door? I was like, no, what do you mean? He's like, oh, come on, I'll show you. Come on, I'll show you. We go next door. They have this massive building. It doesn't look like anything. He opens the doors up and there's like a double-decker trailer uh, with a motorhome attached to it that's all wrapped for a drag race team. There's like 15 classic vehicles all restored in there four or three dragsters and i'm like holy shit Damn. what is happening right now yeah like where are we and he's like yeah like this is our our team like you know my whole family races um and so yeah fast forward to a couple months maybe a month after calls back he's like hey uh we have three dragsters we want to wrap so i go back out there and wrap three dragsters out of these fucking one inch snap-on toolbox that's amazing drawer wraps yeah, yeah. yeah. mind blown. i was like man this is Crazy. Oh. It's, not, it's got the old uh, military green here on the inside oh, of the doors. Dude, oh, dude, that's sick. Bro, Dylan, Dylan, it's my new album cover. So. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, 100%, like, those, those little opportunities, like, every time my phone rings, and I don't care if you're tired, and, like, mm. there's so many times that I'm like, oh, man, like, it's, like, I don't know, 8 o'clock at night, um, and I'm like, I just pushed hard all day, all week, whatever. And you're like, and there's that like little part of you that's still, you know, like the, oh, I work eight to five mentality. Mm -hmm. It's still in there. It's like, oh, just hit ignore. And you're like, no, this is an opportunity. And you answer it. And like, I would say at least six times out of 10, it's like, hey man, yeah, I was thinking of doing this. Cause the only people that are calling you after business hours are generally the ones that know you're all in for opportunity. Yeah. And so, sure. you're, yeah, you're like, holy shit, like, I'm glad I answered this call. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Do you do anything to like balance that out? Like, there's, there's some people that are like, I know a few business owners that are like, oh, no, I take my weekends off or no, my evenings after this time are X. Can you still be competitive doing that? Um, and if you can or can't, what do you do like to kind of find what some people call balance? I feel like I'm, I'm probably the worst person to ask that. Okay. I have zero balance. Like I, I've, I got watched the other podcast you had, um, talking about, you know, focusing on your health mm -hmm. because you don't want to get to like retirement or get to an age where you can enjoy the stuff and not be healthy, not be in shape, not be able to do the things you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm literally the like poster child of like, zero balance i'm like all right next week i'm, I'm working till 6 30 max and i'm going home i'm going to enjoy some time and relax or i'm going to take this weekend off do you relax though like can you shut off no like, yeah okay and i i feel like i i i really really hate excuses hmm. so and i hate titles like titles in terms of like oh i have adhd or sure. i have this i have that I don't know what I have. I probably have ADHD. So like you have work ethic, bro. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's called work ethic and it's vacant. It, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I get home and I'm like sitting with Claire and we're going to watch a movie or something. And like 20 minutes in and I'm like shaking. She's like, Hey, like relax, like chill. And I'm like, I like, I just need to do something. 
Mm. Um, it's gotten a lot better for sure. Like now that we have like a routine, we know what the business is doing, you know, we got a sort of a flow. It's a little bit easier to, you know, take a break once in a while. Yeah. But during that break, yeah, hundred percent, like your, your mind, something is still working. Yeah. Whether it's, you're physically doing something, you're writing stuff down, you're thinking of stuff, you're, you're, you're doing something always. Mm. I think life like works on polarities too. So like we go through these cycles where like everybody will shit on like, they'll sell, they'll like glamorize entrepreneurship. Yeah. So it's like, you got to be out there grinding, grinding, grinding. There's like a lot of people that have that mantra. Yeah. And then you have another group, which is the opposite end of the spectrum that is like, you need balance and you need to set your thing. I think you find whatever works for you. It's kind yeah. of like the, there was like that study that like interviewed like the top 100 billionaires in the world and asked them what time they woke up at. Yeah. And you've got guys that range from literally 2.30 in the morning, they start their day, and you've got other guys that start at 10 or 10.30. I think Bezos starts his day at like 10 o'clock. So like there's a million ways to a destination. So I think it's like finding what works for you and then not letting the noise of like society be like, you need to have balance because that's that's what everybody's saying you need. But if you get fulfillment off of what you're doing, I think that is healthy. I think think a lot of people operate really well working 16 to 18 hours a day if they're truly passionate about they what they're that. doing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, start, you can start going like stir crazy too, right? If you're not that kind of person, like mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of people as well that are entrepreneurs or business owners that do it just for the title, mm-hmm. right? Like there's people that are like, yeah, I work for myself and they're gone Thursday at five o'clock to take an extra long weekend to go do something. And you're like, and you wonder why, like you're not, busy you're wondering why you're working like still paycheck to paycheck like you're not doing anything so there's there's a really like fine balance between people that you know say they're entrepreneurs say they should hustle say you should do this like you said like there's whatever works for you whatever makes you happy and that's that's what i'm a huge believer in is yeah if it makes you happy you don't need a lambo perfect but guess what there's a lot of fucking people that would absolutely love a lambo which is why every time you go out there's people taking pictures. Mm-hmm. So there's not one person that does not want a Lambo, mm-hmm. you know? So <laughs> they'll say it. They'll be like, nah. yeah, you know, like yeah. you said, like money is not everything. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Because if you can have enough money to like make sure your whole family never works, mm-hmm. I guarantee that would fucking make you happy. Yeah. Or if you could donate a hundred thousand dollars to a charity, I guarantee that would make you happy. Yeah. You know? So it, it, what is, I think, I think it's what it represents, right? Like, you know, if you woke up or if you were born on day one of being on earth and your parents said that you wouldn't be able to comprehend this as an infant, but they just handed you the keys to an Aventador, yeah. you would have no concept when you turn five, six, seven, and now you're 16 and you finally get that car or whatever, and you've never done anything for it, you wouldn't know what that actually truly represents. And so it's the character development. I think it's like a Jim Rohn quote. That's like, everybody should strive to be a millionaire, not for the money, but for the character that you develop along the way. And I don't know, like I said, in first generation business owners, I don't know a single person that's been somewhat successful that is not a drastically different person than when they started on day one in both character and in knowledge and skill set and everything. Um, and typically in my experience, those are some of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. Um, so it's very, it's interesting, but they're also, you you do kind of like, do you feel that as you like get further along, your circle has to change or like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't really have a circle anymore. Mm. It's, uh, yeah. 
it's like non-existent. It, like your circle is like-minded people. Mm-hmm. So like you're in my circle, your brother's in my circle. But like even that circle is very, like we don't have to see each other mm-hmm. to be like, yo, I get you. How you doing? You ask the right questions. We respect our time. We respect our, our business. Um, so like the lifestyle is more understood mm-hmm. when you have a like-minded circle. Um, I have lost tons of friends, um, friends, mm-hmm. and I'm like super okay with it mm-hmm. because I see that they're still in the same exact place. And not that I obviously think that I'm better than them in sure. any kind of way, but this is the goal that I set out for myself and I'm achieving it. And most of them are either okay with that and they just continue on their lives or they're unhappy or they're jealous or, you know, they're just like, oh, I'm not a part of their success anymore mm-hmm. and they're gone. Yeah. So same thing with family. Like as soon as I had a business, I don't know why, but then I sort of had family reach out and be like, hey, can I borrow like 50 bucks? And I'm like, bro, you know how fucking broke I am? Like <laughs> I'm negative so much money right now. I Can I borrow 50 bucks? Yeah. And so yeah, like just the, the mindset of like a business owner has tons of money. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 It's like the landlord concept. It's like, everybody looks at like their landlord as like this person that's like evil. infinite money, yeah. evil as hell, yeah. uh, sits on like a golden throne. And I, I had a couple of buddies, um, back in when I lived in Windsor and they were like their tenants, all every single one they had in like their homes, their homes were only cash flowing like a hundred bucks a month. So like if they missed one month of rent because somebody didn't pay, they're out. They're literally out of pocket, like not being able to pay. Right. And that's their only cash flow source. Yeah. Most of the families in those homes were actually making more than the landowner or the homeowner. And they just hope to God that the thing is going to increase in value yeah. or that they're going to get a couple years rent. Um, and obviously there's, there's levels to that. Um, but it really is very much so like most people, um, you know, and they're everybody from the outset, it's easy to be like, Oh, there must be doing great, yeah. but you never know the cycles of things. Huge misconception. I, I stand, I don't know if I've ever seen anything different than this. Anytime a business has shown like massive amounts of growth and from the outset, they're like, holy shit, they're hiring. They've got a new space and whatever. Yeah. I guarantee it's probably, no, I guarantee their cash flows are the worst they've ever oh, been. Yeah. For they're sure. fucked. Yeah. They're tapped out. But from the outside, it's like they're growing, which is amazing. It's all yeah. part of the process. Exactly. But like when you sign your space, it's probably like your bank account was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're literally oh, hard, yeah. hard zeros. Yeah. And uh, there's this guy, Nick, I heard him say this. He's like, you're either, if you're, what did he say? Something about cash flow. You're either cash flowing or something else. Anyways, just, I'll think of it. Next question. <laughs> there was something there. It's, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. You can't be cash flowing if you're growing. You're either right. growing or you're cash flowing. That's what it is. Bam. So you're either growing or cash flowing. And so if you're cash flowing, then you're probably not growing right. because you're, you're not investing those resources back into your company. That's right. We'll just jump cut that part. Yeah. So it'll be clean. Right. Yeah. I'll look super intelligent. It'll flow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had a guy in this morning that was like, man, your videos are awesome. You're like, just like everything's so dialed. I'm like, dude, you have no idea. That 30 seconds was a six minute video yeah. that I somehow <laughs> scrounged out 30 seconds of usable content. I mean, the funny, the funniest thing is we use your brother's name all the time. I don't know why it's, it has nothing to do with your brother, mm. but, uh, I have this thing. It's called one take Jake. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> and, Every time I try to make a video or a reel or anything, uh, by the end of it, I probably have like 20 videos on my phone. And I'm like, finally did the right one, one take. 
but it's like 20 in. I'm like, yeah, one take, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> nice, I love yeah. it. It's like 20, 30 in, edited is crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's one take, Jake, every time. That's hilarious. I think Casey Neistat used to do that, and that's why everyone loved his choppy content at the start right. when he was like booming because uh, he would only do one take. So all those cuts and everything, yeah. is, it, it was like this cool like creative choice that he made. But it was just because he was doing one take, he refused to do a second take. He's like, I don't have yeah. time for that. Same. He's like, one take, whatever we get, we get. You guys exactly. deal with it in the editing floor. That's right. Yeah, and it's pretty That's sick. Cool. How important is content in your space? Huge. Huge. I mean, I feel like content is is. Uh, but you're brick huge. and mortar. How does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> <laughs> content is is key to everything from, I would say, like, Five years ago on, more specifically right now, like right now today, content is everything. Um, like I don't, I don't care if they use James Media, mm. they should. Thanks. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's literally everything. Uh, like talking about going to like Emily Island, competing WFCT in San Antonio. I was walking around, and I'm not like I don't want to exaggerate, so I'll say like five or less people that came up to me and be like, yo, you're that guy from, from Canada, eh? And I'm like, the fuck? And they're like, yeah, can we get a picture with you and shit? I'm like, what is going on right now? Are like, you sure you have the right guy? Like, <laughs> this is me. Like, this is my page and stuff. And they're like, yeah, man, like, that's you. You make, like, such great content. And, like, huge shout-out to Caitlin because mm. she was doing a lot of that content at that point. Yeah. And it was, like, unreal. Like, my content is, like, picture. Like, I know what I want. What I want is, like, shit I can't afford and what I was putting out was like picture, post, so cool. Like check out this shitty transition. And then she came along and was like pretty dope shit. And then so all these people were giving us feedback and like, yo, your content's awesome. Like keep doing it, keep doing it. Um, like literally like all of the stuff we do about f- flag glass now, all the videos I've posted, every time someone comes to me now is, yo, I saw your video on TikTok. Yo, I saw your video on YouTube. I saw your video on Instagram we need this in our life. And I'm like, yeah, oh my God, man, like yeah. the power of something free on top of it for the most part, like unless you want to pay a professional, but 98% of it is going to be free yep. and people don't use it. Yeah. It blows my mind. Dude, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like, I actually, Chris, who was just in was yeah. like, he's like, dude, it's crazy. Like, obviously was you he like, yo, kiddo did an awesome job. Yeah, <laughs> actually, oh fuck, we didn't even talk about that. Really? Oh, bro, Chris is so funny. Yeah, we will have we'll do a do a three way and we'll get everybody. Oh yeah. Actually, all of our cars, we'll just get them rewrapped and right. we'll do like a follow up on it. It'll be perfect. That's a good idea. Um, but no, he was saying that about how like like with the content and like obviously that it's everything. But um, yeah, it, it's it, it really is everything. Yeah. Like one hundred percent. I think if you are not in that content space you're missing out on a massive market. And his, he was like, yeah, it's crazy that you, you can obviously do paid on yeah. socials, which is fantastic. Um, but there's so much organic reach there aside from taking the time investment and putting that time equity in just to create the content. Um, and it's as simple as literally just turning your camera around and just talking to people. Like exactly. it's your customers at it's the end huge. of the day. So I think to be honest, I think it's one of the most ignorant things in the world. If a business owner is not doing it. Oh, for sure. Like if a business owner is not doing content, yeah. that is the most ignorant thing they could do. To their if, if you're happy with where you're at, mm. cool, sure. But if you are a business that wants to grow, yeah, and you're not using it, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, like 
What are you doing with your And if you value your clients, like your clients want to have a vested interest in the products that they're purchasing. Reality is you could go and buy any product from anybody. Like lots of people do the same thing, right? Exactly. So if you aren't taking the time out of your day to at least acknowledge the investment that your clients are making, I think that's super, I think it's ignorant. For sure. I think it's crazy. Yeah. And, And I think it's super beneficial for us as well. Like for you, I mean, you already do media, but like the fact that you do media and cover your clients is like a win-win for them. Like they're getting promotion out of it. When we do commercial wraps or anything business-wise, they're getting free exposure. We're getting exposure. It it just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense not to do it. Mm -hmm. It, it, Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Um, What has been the most difficult uh, part of the shop? Like about the business, maybe in the last year, what are, what's like the hardest thing that you've had to navigate? I feel like I, I honestly, thinking about it, probably two things. Um, one would be within the business would be staff. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the only variable thing. It's, you know, I have great staff, great people, but it's always those like, oh, like I'm, I'm sick today or, um, you know, I'm, I'm quitting or uh, can I leave early or I forgot to do this. Like you're, when it's just you, accountability is like my number one thing. So you're the only one that's accountable. You're the only one that fucks up. You're the only one that does mistakes. When it's somebody else, it's not like, oh, you were sick. Like, shame on you. I'm, I'm happy that you're home and like focus on yourself. Take as much time as you need. But now the accountability is now me. And now I'm like, oh shit, like now I gotta make it for this. I gotta make it. So having staff is obviously like the biggest question mark. You, like, you never know what's gonna happen. Right. Whereas clients, you can say no to a client. You can be like, no, I like, I don't want to use a client um, or like there's a no show. It's kind of like, oh, okay, like that's what clients do. It's expected sometimes. Um, so staff is definitely the biggest what if, mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Yep. Um, they're all amazing. But, um, and then the other one, I guess as an entrepreneur is the realization of if you aren't good at that work life balance, like I am um, not good at it. it it's, like I'm very close to the people that I love and it's very hard to like know that, like I just went and visited my dad last weekend, it was a long weekend. I'm like, I'm booking this weekend off. My dad is like not super healthy right now. I um, mean like super big health scare like a year ago during COVID. Um, so I was like, shit, like I need to, I moved back because my last grandparent passed away and I was like, shit, my parents are like next in line basically, right? Like age wise. So I need to move back to be with them. And since starting the business, I feel like I've seen them less than I did when I was at West, mm. which is super shitty. And it sucks because like, you're like internally like guilt, guilting yourself. You know, you feel bad. You feel like a shitty person because you're not visiting. You're not doing this and you live so close. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, they understand because, you know, they're your family or your girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the support is great. But at the end of the day, when you actually think about it and you're like, fuck, like I'm missing out on this. Or if people have kids and families, it's like I'm missing birthdays mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah. There's like that sacrifice component. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you told me before what you used to sleep in the shop yeah. when you're starting. Hell yeah. Why is like that? the best thing ever. <laughs> it is the best thing. <laughs> it <ever>. is. <laughs> well, if we, I was actually looking for a place. I think I told you, I was looking for a place that had, uh, like an upstairs that I can make a bedroom because yep. like I just wanted to, like if I didn't have a girlfriend, yeah, 
100%, I would have a great lifestyle of I'm just sleeping living, at the shop. Living, up, working, down, up, everything. Down, that's it. Done. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would not leave those four. I already almost don't leave the four walls already. Yeah. Even less if uh, <laughs> if I was single. But, uh, yeah, so when I first started, it was it was lots of, lots of, like, all-nighters, lots of, I have no idea what I'm planning for on how to manage time and things like that. So, um, yeah, I would have tons of nights where I'd, I'd sleep at the shop. I'm by yeah. myself, so, like, it's perfect. I don't have any staff yep. uh, to, like, you know, show up and I'm, like, in my boxers or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so, it, yeah, it was a really, really cool, really humbling experience. And, again, luckily enough, I had a super supportive girlfriend that she would, like, sometimes be like, okay, cool. And then she would show up at, like, midnight with the dogs and blankets and snacks and be like okay like we're having a sleepover party let's do this i haven't seen you in a couple days or something and i'm like holy fuck man like this is it's either yeah like you 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 have to have somebody like that in your life yeah or or be single you cannot have somebody that's just like where are you where are you why are you late oh come on you're you're never going to achieve your goals as a business if you're somebody or yourself is limiting limiting 100 percent that, that yeah no that that i agree 100 percent. i think have trying to balance those two things it's like you, i don't know if it's possible yeah. i've never known anyone i've had some amazing mentors in my life and uh in every single one of the ones that were married yeah. they're all divorced really? and of any of the ones that were single through their 20s that never you know they never had any serious relationships yeah. they've all done by far the best really yeah yeah yeah, now they're at the stage where, you know, you kind of work backwards and then go, oh, okay, you know, maybe I want a relationship now or here. Right. Unless, again, unless you can find somebody along the way that exactly really does adopt those things. But that is a definite sacrifice that, that the other person is making in order to accommodate and hopefully have a payoff down the line exactly. by supporting you. That's right. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. It is. It's, <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Very, very blessed to have found someone like that because I, I, mm-hmm. I yeah I think about it you know like when you're like having an argument or something like that and you're like you know I'm, fuck like you think about any other relationship that you've ever been in or any other potential mm. person like partner and you're like you know, they probably would not be this mm-hmm. like, I've never seen it in my life so like this is like a, yeah you know diamond in the rough sort of thing yeah yeah that's awesome yeah very cool uh cars you like cars uh what are well obviously tell us about what you rolled up in today that thing's dope uh i saw i rolled up in my 1946 Mm -hmm. uh ford pickup truck it's on airbags sick uh it's got a five liter um, engine swap and it's got heated leather seats super nice it's an old uh so it's an old world war ii truck Mm. um got decommissioned sent off or fina the gas station bought it um and yeah they painted it blue put their fina logo on there it still has you one side is still original uh with the five bullet holes in there and uh yeah so then they went to a farmer's field i think for probably like 18 20 years or something mm-hmm. and the old owner bought it built it and uh actually dave my mentor he's huge into cars as well he's got or had Still has one GTR for sure. Sweet. Uh, super into classics. Got a square body. What's and your favorite car? My favorite car? Yeah. Like all time? Yeah, all time favorite. I mean, obviously a Lambo. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. What model? Uh, I'm, I'm, any Lambo. Mm. Yeah. So for some of us that don't have Lambos, any <laughs> Lambo is a good Lambo. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
so yeah, when, when I talked to Dave about buying a classic, he's like, don't build it. Just buy one that's done exactly how you want it so you can drive it and enjoy it. Okay. That's what I did. Sick. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, what are goals for the future? Like, so you've got the shop here. What are, what's like your long-term goal and then immediate goal? Uh, so immediate goal is, uh, so we have a new person starting on, uh, Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get them trained up and I think that they are going to probably bring the business to a, another level, which I'm super pumped about. Uh, so short term, I would say just keep things flowing. Uh, we're figuring everything out. Like we're finally finding momentum, figuring out what is profitable, what I need to focus on. So mm-hmm. keep this up. Uh, but like long term. Most definitely, um, my big goal was to have a training center because we're kind of like in the middle of Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, have a training center off by the 401 um, and train everything, everything. Like you can train uh, how to be a front desk receptionist, how to be a detailer, how to be a tinter, how to be everything. Um, I, maybe we shouldn't put this in here. What's that? My oh. idea. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. ah, we can uh, kind of <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so that's my long-term goal. Long-term cool. goal is to... Is to do like training center? Like training. Training center. Training center. Got it. Um, maybe some more locations. But I mean, the opportunities that I've had through TinWiz and, and yeah. other things, um, they're talking about doing training, uh, like cool. in Florida and stuff. So my passion, I guess, would be really... like I love teaching people. Yep. So if I could teach people how to do stuff... When you're ready to do a do a digital course, we'll yeah. help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll shoot the digital course. Done deal. <laughs> I love it. I like nice. It. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Staying in King, like Kingston, or do you want to move, like you mentioned Florida. I mean, I I love Kingston. Mm-hmm. Like, Kingston's like my hometown. We'll see Lee's Bay technically. Yep. Uh, but Kingston's my my everything. Uh, so I'd love to stay in Kingston. Hmm. Uh, but I'd really really love to move into the states. Like earlier, you're asking me like if you were in a different place, do you think you know you'd be bigger? If I moved, and I've been told this, if I moved to the States or somewhere like Toronto or something, doing what I've achieved here in Kingston, I'd be like, I'd be laughing for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. so it's kind of, it's kind of a shitty feeling to know that like I'm limiting myself being in Kingston yeah. with the the potential that I have and the, the drive that I have and what I've achieved already in three years mm-hmm. and a year and a half of that being in COVID. So that's yeah. another thing. Yeah. Don't start a business like, th- like, what was it like? So like three months before, before. COVID. <laughs> nice. Do not do that. <laughs> not ideal. That's good advice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. if you think there's a pandemic that's about to hit, don't start your business. Um, although it did really help us because it yeah. made me really focus on social media. It was That was the only way that I could get out. Man, I agree that like digital for like, that was the big shift for digital for us. And I think it was a huge wake up call for a lot of businesses. Like yeah. look at the businesses that did astronomically well through that period. Obviously there were certain industries that just couldn't operate. So that is what it is. Yeah. But ones that did just absolutely kill it, usually utilize digital. Exactly. Most of them, if you were to look back and kind of see what was that kickoff point yeah. to really turn the needle a certain way, it was their utilization of digital exactly. mediums. Um, and yeah, that's been I mean, we see it all the time, which is awesome. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of businesses that I feel like they they didn't know what to do. Like, I'm mm-hmm. glad I started during that time because now I I know exactly what I need to do digitally. Whereas a lot of companies that have been open for you know operating for 15 years, they're so old school. Yeah, it hits and they're like, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah. How do I get out? How do I socialize? It's like this is what I do. 
For sure. Yeah. I think a lot of those traditional mediums, like if you're operating in there, you'll get another like 10 years out of yeah, it maybe, you know, exactly. but if you're not, which is, you know, keep operating what you're doing, but start to look at the next generation where That's those right. customer cycle is going to come from. Yeah. And most times it's going to be accessible through digital. Mm-hmm. Um, tattoos in business. Yeah. Are they, uh, are they, uh, a client stopper, like, or are they benefit? <laughs> a lot of people don't like, there's, it's talking about the old school. Like yeah. a lot of people are like, is there any hesitation? Have you ever had, like, obviously we're both fucking covered in tattoos, but. Um, I feel not that I've known mm-hmm. and I'm very surprised sometimes by the clients that I do get. Mm. And I'm like, hmm, that's, that's really nice of you. Like the, obviously that, that stereotype isn't, you know, present in these people that I deal with because uh, we deal with, you know, older generations and everything. So for me, it's been pretty good, but rumors that I've heard of other places um, mm. spread of me um, is, is pretty hilarious. You know, like they're like, I've said this on another video I've made is, there was a rumor going around that uh, I was hired at another local business, um, which I never was, never worked there, and that I was a criminal. Mm. So I had a criminal record, and so I couldn't work for the city. So I couldn't do a contract for them for the city, and uh, that's why they let me go, and that's why I started my own rap business. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know where people come up with these stories, oh, man. man. It's crazy. Like, if your business is doing so bad mm. that you have time to start rumors about another business or another person like like check yourself you know like i i don't i specifically don't follow anybody local uh, in terms of like my competition um we have a saying in on the wall that is we compete with no one we simply do better than we did yesterday so i, I like i literally not to like be arrogant or anything like that i compete against myself and only me my standard yesterday is is no longer my standard today. Mm. I'm doing better today, um, and I feel like if you if you follow people that you don't strive to be, you you end up like taking in those bad habits or their their limitations. So if you you follow all the people you look up yeah. to, you end up following in their footsteps, yeah. right? It's a lot. E- yeah, it's a lot easier for somebody to be brought down than it is for somebody to brought, be brought exactly. up. And that's why it's really cool if you can find mentors that are willing to take a chance on you or like, you know, guide you along to like really value those relationships because it is tough. Like as much as you don't want to be that person to be like, well, I don't associate with that type of person anymore or those people, it does set you, a lot of people interpret that as just an arrogance towards, you know, I think I'm better than, but the reality is it's like, I can't afford to adopt those habits. That's right. And so as you kind of progress and um, try to be like the weak the weakest link in the room or yep. the dumbest person right. in the room. Yeah. Um, it is super, super valuable. Um, and keeping that mindset of like trying to always progress. And like you said, try to be better than yesterday. That's, right. that's like the most important thing yeah. that you can do, I think. Yeah. Um, Cause it's your life that you have to answer for obviously right. at the end of the day. So, yeah. And I, I guess, yeah. Um, so back on, on the tattoos, I, I don't think, I don't think anybody's judging me for them. I feel like they do mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, most people are pretty accepting. Yeah. And I'm not the like face of the business, for the most part. Like when people walk in, they're generally greeted by like, I got some uh, some new black uh, valve covers. Oh, for here? Yeah. Nice. I don't know engines, bro. I just know how to break them. I just, <laughs> you know how to drive the fuck out of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I just drive them until the oil stuffs around yeah. through, and then I just top them up again. It's perfect. Um, so this this year truck from 40, 42 to 47, um, they're actually called jail bar front ends. Okay. They look like. Yeah. yeah, that's sick. Yeah. Hmm. 
Amazing, bro. Where they used to start it. So you put the pole in the crank. Actually? Yeah. That's like a like a plane. It's fucking like a, wild, man. Didn't they do that with the prop? Oh yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Nice. Love it. And so I bought another front end for it and rear fenders. Mm. And uh, the guy was restoring the cab, mm. and the cab had a bullet hole right through like actually the back of the head is. And Holy it's still shit! Military. It was in service. Like yeah. it was a vehicle that was in service. Yeah. Like it's I mean, this one still has five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I had, when I moved back uh, from Alberta, mm. I had a. Uh, I had lots of expensive cigarettes, but um, one that I had was uh, "Don't bite the hand that feeds you," and it was like the sign of Alberta, um, and it was posted all over the Queen's page. When I got here, they like hated it <laughs> so bad. You're a white supremacist, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we'll cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, stitch that together. I think, mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think, like I suggested it. I was like, yo, yeah. if you're going to like do the rally, I think it would look pretty cool with like yeah. these pictures. It would look sick. So Jake's <laughs> going to wrap the Porsche. Yeah. So the Porsche is going to get wrapped for the rally. I plan to drive the black, like keep the Gardo black yeah. for now. Yeah. And then Desert Tan. And then. Desert Tan Gardo. I saw a few trucks. The TRD. As soon as you, yeah, as soon as you mentioned it, I started like, seeing all the like, oh shit, that's nice. That usually always happens. You like buy this new car and then you're 100%. like, yeah. they're like, ah, nobody has it. And then you see like six. Oh, like, Damn yeah. it. I'm yet to still see. I don't think, I, apparently in Kingston, there's only two, Lambos. two Lambos and the okay. one guy's a nerd. He never drives it. Really? Yeah. He's a dork. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know. I mean, he could be a cool dude, but anybody that doesn't drive their cars yeah. to me is a dork. I had one For guy sure. the other, it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. And yeah. he was like, he was like bragging about the fact that he only put a thousand kilometers on his Viper in the last five years. Really? I'm like, bro, that's not flex. Yeah. That's not a we, flex. we actually just did a full front end PPF on a, a 2019 Corvette mm. and the guy is super awesome clients. And he's like, yeah, I drive this all the time. Not in the winter, but, uh, was it rain? John? Uh, Jonathan. Yeah. 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 Right. You know? Yeah. I know. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's super sick. awesome guy. Bro, he's one of the most like best advocates for our like entire city. Really? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. He, and he's the head of the Corvette club, right? Really? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one that organized like the entire uh, Corvette invasion. There was over 500 Corvettes here. Oh, John Price. Ago. Yeah. No, not John Price. Oh, a different John. Yeah, no, we're talking about different like all, yeah, all Jonathan's are like <laughs> Chevy guys. They are. Yeah. 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 That's no, classic. Uh, yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, anything else you want to chat about? Where can people find you? How do, how do we book? How do we book a rapper? Rapture.ca. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I don't know what all the... Yeah, plug them all, man. Plug them all. Rapture, Kingston. What, what, do you, what, all, what are all the services? Lay them out. What, what, what would, how, how can we use you? Um, so we got flat glass, commercial, residential. Yep. So heat rejection, privacy, uh, glare, those sort of things. Uh, then we got paint protection film. So for the vehicle, it's protected from rock chips. You can also do countertops. If you have like a high-end home, you got marble slab, countertops or something like that. We can put PPF on it so you protect it. Damn. Um, yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Right? Is that new? Like, you just get creative, man. Like, what can this go on? Same thing with the, the exo shield, the stuff that's on your windshield to stop rock chips. Uh, people put it on glass. They put it on countertops. They put it on a lot of different things. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's sick. You, ha- you have to, like, if I hate people that don't, in- like, try to innovate. Like, come up with new ideas all the time. Uh, do you have, like, a, a think place, like a think tank? Like, is there, like, a place or something that you do that, like, most of your ideas come from? 
Um, yeah, late at night driving. That's why I love really? driving. Yeah, I just go on a drive and I like, I kind of remove myself from yeah. here because uh, like, all, yeah, if you're in it all the time, it's hard to right. whatever. So anytime I can get away, I try to do Airbnb in the county, do it like a weekend and yeah. all my ideas come then. Really? Yeah. Mine, mine is in the shower. In the shower? Every time I shower, it's just like fucking, like I shower for literally maybe like two minutes. I'm like, shower, shower, okay, guy shower, whatever, done. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, which is generally like a half hour, I'm just like standing there in the water. I was like, oh shit, that's a good fucking idea. I'm like, hey, Siri. Bro, so that's, a, a note. <laughs> that's what I do. So yeah. I was just going to say, but how do you do the voice note? Because if yeah. I'm driving, I'll always just punch a voice note because yeah. I have a bunch of ideas. My phone, if anybody went through my phone, it's just voice note, voice note, voice note. Yeah. So you just, hey, Siri, Siri punches that yeah. shit in. Yeah. Nice. I'll watch like Gary podcast and put it in the shower and just like, fuck yeah, that's a good idea. Hell yeah. You should chat GPT. So as soon as you tell Siri the prompt, yeah. it automatically is executing for you. On my phone? Yeah. Or whatever the idea is. And just send you just like link it so that it's like totally integrated into your business eventually, and then you just tell it things to do and do everything. So I'm, I'm a huge, huge AI guy. Yeah, love it. Yeah, and so yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear what. I, I don't know how to do it. I'm okay. just saying you should do it. I'll just ask ChatGPT <laughs> how to do it. Yeah, ask ChatGPT to write you a code yeah. to automate your entire life. Exactly. It probably could do it. Thirty seconds. Probably, Done. bro. Oh yeah, it's nuts. It is fucking mind blowing, and yeah. like. So I, I feel like for a business like you, um, there's a lot of people that are scared of like, oh, this is going to replace my job. This is going to do this. It's going to replace James Media. Like, like if it if it's where it's at now, mm-hmm. who knows what it's going to be in five months, a year, two years? But the people that are like you, that are like me, are going to use all this shit to their advantage and be like, okay, how can I use AI to make your experience even better? and quicker and more efficient and everything like that. So you're always going to be around. You're always going to have marketing and everything. It's just, it's going to be 10 times better than someone who doesn't use AI. 100%. Right? Like, yeah, 100%. And we're not at a stage yet where AI is inputting its own prompts. Yeah. Where we take over the entire world. Uh, so it's, yeah. So it's still <laughs> dictated by the input. So as long as you, it's kind of like an F1 car. So if you have like an F1 car that's sitting there and you've got a 16 year old that's never driven a car before and they hop in there, they're going to drive that car not even close to its capability. In fact, they're probably going to crash and burn. Whereas then you get like a seasoned driver that's a veteran and been doing it forever. They're going to utilize that car in a way that that 16 year old couldn't do it because their input response is going to be totally different. So that's kind of like AI. So you can either sit there and be like, oh, I don't want to learn it, whatever. Yeah, scary. Yeah, it's scary. That was like our grand... Well, I don't know if your grandparents were tech savvy, yeah. but a lot of the old generation was like, I don't know how to use a computer. Okay. It's like all those people today that are our age going like, I don't want to use AI. It's yeah. like, you're that you person. No idea. Yeah. It's crazy. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You, you either adapt and you take all this in and you innovate and you, you blow people out of the water. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like people who like didn't invest in Bitcoin. It's like, oh, yeah, that's stupid. That's stupid. And now like I guarantee tons of them are millionaires and they've retired and mm-hmm. are living the yeah. You know, yeah. so all those people that I feel as soon as somebody says something like that, you're like, okay, delete contact. I don't want you in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. If that's your, if that's your mindset, if it's scary, if it's, a, oh yeah, I know that, that that's, you know, you are, you are limiting yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen. It is happening. For sure. So fucking utilize it. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I think that about wraps up our time with Cadeau. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. I appreciate you having me. You guys do incredible work, and uh, I'm very blessed to know you as a friend. And 
for you to share some knowledge with us today. So I appreciate, appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Cool. Hell yeah. That's it. Love it, bro. Thank you. Later. <laughs> oh, fuck. I always forget oh. to plug. All right. So there's a, there's a plug. So I've been taking this stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're actually, it's a uh, selection water. spring water. Uh, you buy it at Walmart. <laughs> um, Thanks, Walmart. Yeah. No, so mag- have you heard of Magic Mind? No. Okay, uh, so it's like nootropics. Okay. So it's basically like, so what do you do for energy? You don't drink coffee. You don't do any, you I've don't never, even do. I've never tried coffee. I've you, never tried smoking cigarettes. you never had a monster? Okay. Oh, I had a Red Bull once. Oh, okay. On my 40-hour drive to Alberta. Okay. I had a sip. Yeah, and I started shaking. So. So, so, what do you do like for your mind? Like, how do you how do you get your mind like firing? You're just life water. water? That's it. Okay. I wake up and I'm boosting. Do you intermittent fast or anything? Uh, like, do you, when's your first meal? Like lunchtime. Okay. A couple cookies. A couple cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So I've been doing this stuff. It's Magic Mind. It's like yeah. uh, nootropics. We, do, Dylan, do we have one? Oh, they're in the fridge. Anyways, it's like these little morning shots and they're basically like help your brain function a lot better. Yeah. And I have actually noticed a difference. And what's in it? Um, Dylan, do you want to grab one? Perfect. This is a sound bite. I know. They're usually sitting right here. I saw them in the last one. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good. Was that his? They're amazing. No, I've been taking them. They sent us a whole bunch. Okay. To try them, like to actually see if it works. Right. So I've been doing intermittent fasting yeah. forever, but lately now, because I'm just, I'm dieting down, getting a little bit leaner, getting right. summer ready. And uh, what's that? It's a little late. It's a little late? <laughs> for summer. <laughs> no, we're not <laughs> summer yet. Thanks, Dylan. All right, yeah, so it's these little guys. And yeah. so our dad, our office, used to make like a homemade version of this. And um, he would like try to, he'd bring them in and I'd drink them every morning. Yeah. But uh, they're actually, they're very, very good. They taste, you want to try one? literally bro there's no i don't even think there's any like caffeine in this this is just it's just filtered water agave uh uh, matcha and then a bunch of other like nootropics it's like vitamins minerals it it won't fuck you up dude you won't get a dick i have a super sensitive stomach oh no i think it it might help it if anything really yeah it helps i think it helps with like gut health as really? well, right? It's brain how much are they a piece? Like I don't want to get addicted to it. And then bro, like, I don't know. Oh. They're only like 20 bucks each, I think. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> As a business owner, 20 bucks is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So bo- it's basically, so matcha, you know what matcha is? No idea. Oh, okay. So it's like you get a Starbucks if you want. Like I, I, I watch your stories and I see where you guys go eat and I'm like, I don't yeah. Where I eat? What do I, I eat? I don't know. What it is. <laughs> is it bougie? Yeah. <laughs> it's fancy. Bro, I eat steak frites everywhere. Yeah. Mid-rare steak okay. frites. That's my meal. Um, and it basically is like a focus enhancement. But there's no, it's not like medicinal. There's no, well, I mean, it's natural. It's all natural. Okay. So it's not like going to fuck you up. I'll try one. Yeah. Time. All right. Cheers. Thank you. I think you choose it. You shoot it just what like, it like a, like a, uh, it's called Magic Mind. Magic Mind. Yeah. It was on Rogan. Rogan was pumping this stuff. Rogan. Mm-hmm. It tastes good. It's okay. You do shot. You do shots. Yeah, you do a whole shot. You do shots all the time. I don't do shots. I'm, I don't I'm drink. A professional. So. I don't drink. I'm in sales. All I do is drink. Mm. Jesus Christ! What do you think? <laughs> I'm focused now. <laughs> How focused are you now? I'm boosted, man. Instant focus. Wow. Magic mind. Okay, so like my my taste buds. Okay. Are used to water, white rice. Yep. Chips away cookies. Oh my goodness! And uh, and uh, chicken breast. This is like the most so Canadian this, meal I've ever, or palate of food. And all the I've taste bites. 
So this was like a shock to the system then. Oh yeah. 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 Do you like it though? I'm boosted. What do you rate it out of 10 on flavor? You'd be honest. You'd be like, it's a zero if you want. Well, like the hit is like, I don't drink. So like, I feel like the hit would be like what, like vodka would be or something like. (laughs) (laughs) So you feel energized. I'm energized. Oh, he's buzzing. I'm pumped. I mean, I have not eaten very much today. And if I don't, if I have this on an empty stomach, I definitely like feel something very quickly. Really? Yeah. hundred percent. But I was getting really bad with caffeine. Yeah. So like I was to the point where I was doing like two to three monsters a day. Really? And I'm not kidding you. It was fucking me up. No doubt. Like I would have been better off drinking a two, four every night yeah. because I would by four o'clock just yeah. be like jittery. My mind's like firing foggy. all over the, no, not foggy, hyper elevated Really? to the point where I felt like I was tweaking yeah. all the time. So I tried to cut monsters and everything out and I've been doing this yeah. in the morning and unicity, which is like a like a another energy boosting thing, but there's yeah. no caffeine. Right. So it's herba mate and matcha. It's like about as natural as you can get. And one, I've, I've um, go ahead. One thing that I would spend all of my life savings on, mm. uh, and that I'm searching for, is the pill that's in the movie Limitless. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to find that. So if this does that, I don't think this does that. What? I'm in. Try. We can try. We'll never know unless we try. <laughs> You're gonna open a Florida shop tonight. <laughs> On board 14 new staff. <laughs> Lambo is parked outside the next day. It's like, holy fuck, what happened? You're like, Let's I took go. Magic Mind. <laughs> magic Mind. Nice. Yeah. I'm Sick. in. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You never know until you try. You never know. Yeah. You try everything twice. Yeah. That's at what least. They say. At least yeah. twice. Because you never know. First, first time could have just been a bad experience. Exactly. Yeah. I tried smoking weed twice. Did you? Yeah. Maybe first time, didn't, didn't like bad it. experience, hospital. Yeah. Second time, same thing. Really? No more smoking weed. Shit. Weed is not my thing. Damn. No drugs. Yeah? That's fucked up. I don't smoke. I don't smoke weed. Can't do it. No? Never liked it. Ever, but you haven't tried it? No, oh, I've tried it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Like, I used to do edibles when I was, like, lifting a lot on yeah. Friday. Like, after back day, I'd just fucking crank 200 milligrams of THC as, like, a <laughs> non-smoker, bro. Really? I would hit my pillow at, yeah. like, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. My entire world would start to spin, yeah. and I swear to you, in the middle of the night, I could watch my muscles being repaired. No way! Oh, it was <laughs> fucked up, dude. Like it was like hyper, like aware, and uh, I. That was the time where that one year it looked like I was cycling, bro. Yeah, I, I like I'm natural. I put on almost sixty pounds in a year. No way! And not just like fat weight. Yeah. Like I was big, right? But it wasn't like holy fuck. He's like obese. Yeah, I was strong. Felt healthy. Like it was crazy. But I was I was doing that every week. Right. Well, on the weekends, I just recover. But then it started getting a little too much. I was foggy on Mondays, and I was like, nah, I don't like this. I mean, I feel like seeing your muscles repair themselves is too much. Dude, it was nuts. That's the, Literally, not the I watched that's the fibers fucking repair themselves. It was the craziest <laughs> shit in the world. It really? was like, yeah, it was supernatural. That's unreal. It was amazing, yeah. Man. But yeah. That's the kind of stuff that people tell me, and I'm like, maybe I should try drugs. Bro, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm like, wait, that was your experience with that? I'm like, yeah, that wasn't mine. Yeah, but. like mushrooms and acid and stuff. Like People tell mm. me that, and I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe I should try something. <laughs> there, there's a lot of guys in the entrepreneurial space yeah. that microdose. 100%. Like tons. Yeah. Um, weed's that. a big one too. I've got a bunch of agency buddies that that vape yeah. fucking all the time, but it's like THC or it's whatever. Whatever helps, yeah. Bro, I can't do it. I just, I I don't know. Again, and there's like a million ways to a destination. Exactly. Because you hear some guys go like, the first thing you got to do is not 
you know, smoke. Not do drugs. Yeah, don't yeah. Do, like don't That's smoke right. weed or yeah. whatever. And then you got other guys that are like, no, alcohol is the best thing ever for sales. Like That's you right. just fucking like, exactly. start drinking at noon, you're like it takes the edge off, and you can close more deals. Yeah. And really figure out what works for you right. and what's a healthy lifestyle that you can keep up. I think consistency is key. Happy. And happy with. Yeah. 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 If you go to bed every night feeling like shit, you'd probably change you something. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many opportunities in life to not be happy doing what you're doing. I agree. It's crazy to me that people, it, I just had this conversation with Jake about winter. Yeah. This was 100% the last winter I will spend in Canada. Really? 100%. I'm in. Because bro, it's like for three months here, you're like, I don't want to go outside. Depressed. Yeah. That's absurd. I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to shovel. I don't want to do this in my car. And like, especially in our industry, that's another reason why like Florida, these places in the US, when I drove there and I saw that they had car washes outside all the time, I'm like, what is going on? Like clearly the business booms all the time. Like I talked to tinters there, uh, especially like flat glass people. And they're like, we turn like... We just take a vacation whenever because it's there all the time. Yeah. All the time we get to do what we want to do. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super down. It's insane. No yeah. Canada winters anymore. <laughs> it's nuts. It's like imagine you're in, well, your business is exactly that. It's like you're in construction or something. Yeah. Imagine you're doing concrete. Exactly. And it's like you just can't work for four months right? because you physically cannot because of your geographical location. That's, right. That's absurd. I'm a huge believer that like Canada should have discounts or, or something from mm. the government for those slow months mm. and we should also get massive discounts on our vehicles mm. because we pay the same prices they do in the states yeah and ours are rotten in a year and a half <laughs> rusted falling apart looking like the 46 but it's a 2023 yeah and we're paying the same price i think nasa needs to really work on their weather control and for start real. making like global warming a thing up That's here because right. we're not feeling really it, though shift it's still that cold stuff. in the winters yeah. shift that flat earth sun <laughs> over here <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah. so anyway nice bro cool i think cool thanks uh magic mind yeah <laughs> we're already kicking mind. ideas around oh, i could go for another four hours <laughs> right? bro this shit is this this shit fucks yeah there that's their new tagline magic mind magic this shit mind. fucks hard <laughs> <laughs> hard <laughs> nice. oh man hell yeah sweet bro cool cool thank you wrap it up appreciate it man anytime dope spot. thanks for coming in.